Hello, you are welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel for yet another powerful, sobering, and inspiring word from God. Grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick Kaluluma from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. James chapter number three. And can we use the New Living Translation? And we're going to read from verse. Uh, we'll read from verse two. When preparing this, I was so tempted to preach up to verse 12. But that will be for next week. Okay. Now, we've been dealing with a series on steadfastness, right? Steadfastness. And we've looked at the anchor of your soul, and we proceeded to look at how when you hear the word now, you're going to have to apply it. And today, when it comes to kingdom steadfastness, I will address a certain area of it. And you'll see how we'll link the equation. Since you know there's a lot of mathematics with the scriptures, not so. Doesn't the Bible say rightly dividing the word of truth? So let's start from James 3 verse 2. And for those who are new to my sermons, one of the things you must understand is my sermons can be very provocative. By that I mean I'm not just going to make you feel good and all that. No. The aim usually is to challenge something. And the aim is to steer you a certain direction. Many of them are corrective. But that's the scriptures. The Bible says all scripture is inspired by God and is given for reproof, it's given for teaching, it's given for correction. And for all those things. And it says that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished. And so, be open. Allow the scriptures to guide you. And that's why, personally, when I go through the period of preparation, the first thing I do is I try to identify areas where I'm like, okay, even though I'm preaching this, I can upgrade like this. I can upgrade like this. Praise God. I, I enjoy sermon preparation. For me, that's where I make strategies for life. This is a very good time to strategize your goals in such sermons. So I hope you've got somewhere to write near you. And when you're writing, don't just write what I'm teaching. It's usually in such moments you'll hear the Lord say, these are the areas I want you to work on, and this is how I want you to work on them. Come up with strategies. Praise God. So, James 3 from verse 2. 
We all make many mistakes, but those who control their tongues can also control themselves in every other way. So if you've been having a challenge with controlling certain things in your life, you've been given the key. Start with controlling the tongue. Now, if you follow this series, we describe the soul like a ship. And a ship can go wherever the water wants it to go. Your soul can take you anywhere, I tell you. If you allow it, it will take you anywhere. And so we talked about how the word of God is the anchor. But you see, it's not always that you need to be anchored. Sometimes you may need to go somewhere. Question is, how would you go? Praise God. Now, let's continue. We can make a large horse turn around and go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. How many of you have ridden a horse before? Yeah. I rode one last year. Of course, there was a guy. You know, it was, it was so funny. There's um, somewhere where I went and so uh, it was time for the horse riding. And I'm like an amateur in this thing. I expected the guide to be with me the whole time. And there were two guides. And you know what they did? They were with the ladies. Me and another colleague, they left us alone. And I didn't even know we had started. I'm like, how do we move? They're like, kick it. I'm like, we just met. I just met this guy. And he should see me kicking him. <laughs> okay. And so... By the grace of God, it all went well. Only by grace. Praise God. But then we have been shown something that the key to something as big as a horse is usually the mouth. It's the mouth. Let's go on. And a tiny rudder, remember the ship? A tiny rudder makes a huge ship turn. Wherever the pilot wants it to go, even though the winds are strong. A tiny rudder can make a huge ship turn wherever the pilot wants it to go, even though the winds are strong. Praise God. We've not even gotten to the same one. You're already looking blessed. You look transformed. Let's continue. Hey, these are sermons for life. Praise God. These are the ones you remember. Saying, on that night. So also the tongue is a small thing. But what enormous damage it can do. A tiny spark can set a great forest of fire. Now, I want you to understand that the narrative in this scripture is that he was dealing with not everyone being teachers. And if you read from the Amplified... Even the, the ministry of giving advice to people, like be careful how you give advice because your tongue can damage them, can also damage you. So the narrative in this context may be showing the damage that the tongue can do, but as you keep going on, we are shown that this same tongue can bless. This same tongue that can damage, can build. Praise the Lord. So there is something interesting about the tongue, and I would have gone further but it might drift me into another sermon. But the major thing we are told is that as, as you keep going on, we're told if people can tame the tongue and the like. So as the midweek service continues, we're going to 
touch a bit more on that, on Tim in the tongue. How there are certain words that should just never come out of your mouth, either concerning you or concerning others. Praise God. Praise God. No, guys, the exam is in three days. Someone shouts, we are doomed. The day you realize how much authority is in your mouth, the day you realize it, one thing I'm always doing is saying, guys, we're all batting. I'm always doing that. It's deliberate. It's very deliberate. Praise God. So the tongue is a small thing, but it's enormous. It can steer the ship in a certain direction. As I was meditating on this, I remember the time when uh, I had a leak in my car. And because of that leak, I think it should have been eight years for something that was leaking. So the steering wheel became hard. And I can assure you, you can't drive when the steering wheel is hard. You cannot drive. Interesting that something as small as the steering wheel can decide where the car will go. Now, a ship is bigger than that. And guess what? Your destiny is bigger than a ship. And we're being shown here that your entire destiny can be directed by how well you use your tongue. Now, you may be thinking, oh, the pastor today is going to teach us how to use the tongue. Today, I'm focusing more on the ATF. I don't know if you're getting my point. I'm focusing more on that fuel that you put, which you use to be able to steer up the tongue. I'm focusing more on that which you use to be able to steer up the wheel. Praise God. Because if the tongue is that powerful, then the first thing you have to watch is what informs the tongue. Because if it can do both damage and good, let me just show you it can do both damage and good. Uh, verse 9. Tell me if you've experienced this before. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father. And sometimes it breaks out into curses against those who've been made in the image of God. Same time. Next verse. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is right. Sometimes it says, I am blessed. Sometimes it says, some of us have money. Sometimes it says I'm healthy. Sometimes the same tongue will be saying, sickness and I were just friends. Same tongue. And James tells us something. He says, surely, brothers and sisters, this is not right. You can't have the same tongue having more than one confession. Praise God. Because what it does is that it will make your life a lottery. But guess what? Let's say in this area you've been lacking. You know what happens in such meetings? There is grace to redeem times. Praise God. I'll say that again. There is grace to redeem the time. Grace to redeem the time. Where in one moment of confession you reverse everything else that has ever been said for years. 
Because the word of God is in this place. Praise God. And so we must observe what informs the tongue. We must observe what informs the tongue. Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 23. I'll have the NLT again. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. Another rendering says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Now, that's interesting. We've been told it's the tongue, and then here we're being told it's the heart. Where is the meeting point? What's the correlation? Matthew, chapter number 12, verse 34. We can go back to my usual translation. Matthew 12 and verse 34. Now, Jesus was rebuking it, eh? so you're not a brood of viper, but nevertheless, here's what he tells him. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Are you seeing the correlation now? So meaning, when it's said in the Proverbs that the heart determines where your life goes, and when it says in James that it's the tongue, it's not contradicting. Because the tongue is informed by the heart. The tongue is informed by the heart. So meaning, when it comes to your heart, in Proverbs, we have been shown that you must actually be defensive. It means you must actually be defensive. Somebody remind me, next year, um, next year, take, take note of it. I think I can do a series called uh, Defensive Mechanisms, Divine Ones. Yeah, we can do some Divine Ones. We show you what you can be defensive about and what you should be open to. But we're being shown that when it comes to the heart, you must actually be defensive. You must also be decisive, by the way. Why? Because there's a strong correlation the heart and the mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's sermon is entitled, Take Heed What You Hear. I knew media would love that. Mark chapter number four. Now, I've given you that history because I wanted you to see the relationship. I wanted you to see that before the mouth speaks, it's informed by a certain heart. And now that heart must be guarded because that which comes in the heart will determine what comes out of the mouth. And one of the biggest lessons we can ever learn is to decide what we hear. In short, there are certain things we should be deliberate about hearing over and over again. And there are certain things we should be deliberate about unhearing. 
over and over again. Determine what you hear. Take heed what you hear. Mark 4 and verse 24. And today I'll focus it in one area because the other days are focused on the other area. Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Next verse. For whoever has, to him more will be given. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Question is, whoever has what? He's from saying, take heed what you hear. And next thing, he's talking about your possessions. Whoever has what? What is this thing that's so precious that it's more precious even than wealth? The answer is in the next parable that comes. Next verse. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. And if you keep reading the scriptures, you realize that the word of God is seed. So he says, take heed what you hear. As a matter of fact, is this a parable of the sower? If it is, let me just show you something from it. It's, it's not really part of my text today, but I, I, maybe I can remind you of certain things. Because in the scriptures, there's also the ministry of reminding. It says, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? Uh-huh. It's like a mustard seed. Which when it is sown in the ground is smaller than all the seeds on the earth. Uh-huh. But when it is but when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may rest under its shade. That's a story for another day. Praise God. Hallelujah. And just as well, because I don't want to go into the parable of the sower. I know you want to give it to me now, but I don't want to go into it. Except, there's only one part I was going to show you, but it was going to take me time because it's like 15 verses away. One part which I found interesting is that in the parable of the sower, we're told of a man, and it says, this is the one who gets the word of God and does not understand it. Now, I would think, Jesus, why do you have a problem with someone not understanding the word of God? It shows you that the word of God, it's your responsibility to understand it. No, maybe, let me give you an example. I'm an advisor in school. Whose responsibility is it to lecture? lecture? Whose responsibility is it to understand? To go and research, to go and dig deeper? Whose responsibility is it? I don't, I don't know if you're getting my point. The, the, the trouble is we, we give so much honor to these earthly things. We give so much honor to them. We study hours, reading the same thing over and over again, whether we like it, whether we don't like it. We study it. But the question is, do we pay that same attention? Do we give attention to the word of God? And so, tonight I'm emphasizing that you must be deliberate about what you hear. Be deliberate about hearing it, but also be deliberate about what you shouldn't hear. I'll explain a few things. One of the most dangerous things 
One of the most dangerous things as a believer is to expose yourself to too many voices. Am I free tonight? Are you sure? That's one of the most dangerous things. Too many voices. It's not every article you should read. Listen, Jesus says, take heed what you hear. For he who has, that shows you that words are things. Like when you hear it, it can actually be measured to you. So you can actually be walking and in the spiritual realm, they can say, oh, have you seen what has happened just now? What has happened? Uh, Fred's prosperity has increased by two dimensions. How? There's something you heard. Then the next day, oh, it's increased by ten more dimensions. How? He meditated on it. How sad it is. If they ever have to look and say, oh no, that one is reduced. And faith can reduce, by the way. Didn't Jesus say when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? Because faith is a quantity. It can be measured. It can increase. It can reduce. Can you imagine the view from heaven? When they watch someone, they watch someone, and they say, oh my, that one has just lost it. And they say, Why? Someone advised them wrongly. And they took heed of those words. And as they heard those words, they were bewitched. I've used the word bewitched. And I've used it very deliberately. Galatians 3. The Apostle Paul was in shock. Look at verse 1. Paul planted church. He lived the church a certain way. He comes back finding them believing different things. So he asked them a question. Oh, foolish Galatians. In case you think pastors are tough now. Now, and you can imagine this was a letter written. So they said, oh guys, sit down, sit down. Our spiritual father has written as a letter. <laughs> and then this one is written chapter one, this one chapter two. This one comes, oh, it's my cue now. <clears throat> oh, foolish Galatians. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> it reminds me of there's somebody I once advised. I, I think I told them how there was something they were entering in. And I told them this is a wrong thing because the principles of God are A, B, C, D. And they said, Pastor, you're just not understanding. I said, So, do you think Jesus understands you better? Yes, I said. The Jesus in your head and the one in the Bible. Two different people. And I went to the scriptures. There was a guy who came to Jesus. No, let me just go bury my father. What? <laughs> and, then, and then you should find it funny if it bothers me if a person doesn't attend a meeting. You know what Jesus told the guy? <laughs> go let the dead bury their own dead. You follow me. He was demanding. No. You think I can ever take lightly? <laughs> Let me not use those words. Okay. <laughs> Let me not say that. I won't say it. It is well. <laughs> no, it is well. <laughs> Galatians. 
No, it is well. <laughs> I once had a conversation with someone. Don't worry, they learned. They learned. And so, some years ago, someone couldn't attend the Sunday service. I once asked someone saying, what would you, how would you feel if I told you I couldn't be there because this and this came up? He said, but you're the pastor. I said, you're the member. <laughs> I don't think, I said, you're the member. You're the pastor, you're the member. Who was called for who? I don't think getting my point. I said, you called me for you. I said, what's the whole point of praying, fasting the whole week? I then come deliver the word and you find that word is specifically for that person and they are not there. Anyways, Paul writes to them and says, Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Paul's description of being bewitched here was these people came and taught them wrongly and they went from obeying the truth to not obeying the truth. They were bewitched according to the Apostle Paul. Imagine someone can walk someone out of their blessing. In the scriptures, haven't you seen that older prophet who bewitched the younger prophet out of his blessing? The guy even died. Witched him out of obeying God. Be careful what you hear. Be careful who you hear. And when it comes to stability, when it comes to stability, one of the things I will really advise that you are certain this will help you quickly, as quickly as you can. Identify those God has called for you. You have to identify. I'm telling you, you have to identify. Because primarily when God wants to communicate, he communicates through his word, he communicates through his spirit, and he communicates through the servants that he has set for you. Those primarily, that's usually how he does it. His spirit, of course, will use the visions, the dreams, and all those things. But primarily, there's a way he does it. And one thing I'll tell you about the way God communicates is that he's very consistent. He's very consistent. That's, that's why you must be careful. You must be careful. I made a decision years ago that if I ever hear, no matter how much I respect them, if I ever hear anyone teach and the person teaches that sometimes a sickness can come from God. I can't listen. I'll tell you why. They would bewitch me out of my assignment. But for me to have this, like for me with the healing ministry, one of the things I've tried my best to do is to keep it very, very pure. Now to keep it very pure has had some tough decisions. One of them is I never pay attention during sermon at a funeral. I never pay attention. My mind is elsewhere. I never, I never have heard too many things. I mean, sometimes I've left in told that, you know, on your way back, it's possible. Ah, no, 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 no. Not me. I don't pay attention. Also, because usually in an emotional moment, <laughs> you can change your doctrine. No, I'm telling you, you can change your doctrine. 
That's why the one funeral I preached that I preached on the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I wasn't going to go into details of no for some people sometimes. Uh, 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 uh. I still remember I was in my room that night. The Lord Jesus appeared to me. I remember it directly and he told me sickness is never my will. Not even in old age. It's never my will. I remember that strongly. Strongly. And I said strongly. It can't leave me. Can't leave me. And I can't let anyone talk me out of it. Not even experiences, not even situations. Have I seen 100% success? No, I haven't. But what do we do? Put it aside. We press on to the goal. <laughs> Isn't that what the Apostle Paul says? We press on to something. Press on to something. Looking only unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Praise God. So God is very deliberate also about the people that he wants you to hear. And that's, when you understand this, you also understand the blessing of having a pastor. You understand that blessing. It's a huge blessing. It, it's an opportunity to have a consistent voice. And then if you're a, a minister and you're listening to this, you understand why you can't invite everyone as a guest speaker. They can undo everything you've been doing for six months in one sentence. One sentence. I'm telling you. One sentence, someone undoes your entire teaching for six months and you have to build again. And you know it's easier to destroy than to build. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. This topic, I'm passionate. That's why make a resolve. If you've resolved to follow someone, follow. Like make a resolve. And it's work to do that. And that's why if you've joined us here, don't be one of those who we chase around. Like why when we see you, it's a miracle. There's, <laughs> there's one member I was telling her last week because I saw her. I was like, wow, you're here. Remember how they are so rare. There was one Sunday, I actually had a dream they would come to church. And they came to church. I was amazed. I was amazed. Say, that's not my story. <laughs> hey! Genesis 3 verse 10. Remember when Adam and Eve sinned? How do you remember that Adam... God had told him not to eat of the tree of what? Was it the tree of apples? What did Eve eat, guys? Was it an apple? You know, I always thought it was an apple. Growing up, I thought it was a green apple. And if you had to ask me, maybe that's where they got part of the Snow White story from. Those guys copy us a lot. They copy us. Don't you remember that movie? Where when that guy slipped his finger, everyone went into Hades. And then they resurrected. They came back from that realm to come and... And somehow, the hero sometimes dies to save the world. <laughs> or sometimes someone will sacrifice for their bride. <laughs> Praise God. Like Titanic. Okay, so Galatians 3. <laughs> Genesis 3. 
and verse 10. <laughs> and so, having those almost all the concepts about something like that. And so, God told them not to eat of the tree of what? Knowledge. So there are some things God didn't want Adam to know. No, wait, think about this. Have you ever discovered that we don't know what trees were in the garden? But what I can assure you is that the trees were more than apples and pears. Because there are only two trees whose names we know. We know that one of the trees is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Meaning, as at the time Adam and Eve were being created, good and evil existed. Evil did exist. We do know that if you study the scriptures, by then Lucifer had already fallen and all that kind of stuff. But then God wraps up that in a tree. And it's in a fruit. But then there was another tree in the garden called the tree of life. And he had opportunity to eat from it at any point. Apart from the other trees, there was what was called the tree of life. The question is, which tree do you choose to eat from? Because now, if you're not... <laughs> You can choose to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And sometimes, from what I've observed, that one can render you naked. I know I'm speaking a lot of revelatory terms. I remember when I got saved, the in thing was listening to former satanists. It was the in thing. I thought that's what it meant to be spiritual. I'll never forget that CD. I listened to. And how long it took me to recover from that DVD. And I thought I was being spiritual. And the woman began describing, and when you hear their descriptions, there was no, <laughs> as in for you to be protected, you have to be one of those who, you're always on a 40-day fast. No, we come in churches. We do this. When the pastors are preaching, we just stand and say, ha, ha. Ha! I was thinking, am I safe? We went to Aquarius, and that night I prayed. But the question is, was I praying the prayer of faith? And I remember from that moment, this would have been the worst season. Any lizard, any gecko. Hey! Even my motivation to pray in tongues was none of the reasons given in the scriptures. My motivation was the reason that Satan can't hear you. That's not one of the reasons given in the scriptures. It's not one of the major motivations. Because for me, I don't care if he hears me. No. What would he do? Listen, there's nothing Satan can hear that will make me hate, that will make him hate me worse than he already does. The guy already, the Bible is so clear. War to the inhabitants of the earth. For Satan has come down, carrying great wrath because he knows his time is short. You don't need to provoke him. You provoked him by being born. But I remember it, it fueled that. And I would walk in such, like anything is scary. And something I came to discover. The majority of people who expose themselves to that doctrine all had the same kind of attacks. It's like a Christian life was a life of every night you're attacked. And that's when you're truly a warrior. And then I heard the message. 
I knew I was hope. Hey, <laughs> I knew I was hope. The day I heard the message, the day I heard who I was in Christ, interestingly, Satan was now a small thing. I don't know if you're getting my point. Interestingly, I had viewpoint, I had a position to take him for. If you've done uh, establishment class, by the way, if you've done establishment class, we explain in one of the courses why different churches can be caught by God, but at times teach different things or teach certain things differently. Sometimes it can be due to the assignment of the church. So the assignment of the church can have Jesus revealed to them a certain way. And you can see that from the book of Revelations because although John saw the fullness of Jesus, despite seeing the fullness of Jesus, when writing to each of the churches, there was a specific Jesus emphasized. For example, to the church in Pergamos, the Jesus emphasized was the one with the double-edged sword. And the reason is given. It says, because where your eyes, where Satan's throne So obviously, it would be done a little differently. But the trouble we have is that you find somebody's life is a mixture of this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this doctrine, this doctrine. And you know, you can identify those in a similar doctrine. This one, this one, this one, this one. And then before you know it, you're confused. I remember, am I talking a lot today? Should I reduce? Last year, we had a mentorship session with Pastor Dr. Cholwe. And uh, I was blessed to be one of the organizers. We've been joined by some friends. Eh? So if this was that day, you'd have said, Pastor, the message you are preaching, look at what you are trying now. <laughs> No, these things are just attracted to light. <laughs> and we've got too much light in this thing. <laughs> yeah. And so, I'll never forget, pastor says, I've got an assignment for you. And the assignment was, what is the gospel according to you? How many points should you write down, Pastor? Write as many. The gospel means this. The gospel means this. The gospel, the God, and we're just founders of ministries. The gospel, the gospel, the gospel. So we're even expecting that now we'll each go and present, then we'll have to defend scripture. I was ready for them. And Pastor tells us, each of you read one, and so we each we each read. I waited for my turn. Didn't come. He only asked a few. So now. He asked the question. He said, can you imagine what members you would produce if that is all you preached? Hey. He said, can you imagine what kind of people you produce if that's all you preach? If you can just stick that, since it's what you consider the gospel. What kind of people will you produce? And then he said something. He said, sometimes the trouble is we produce confused people. Because what we tell them this week and what we tell them the next week is extremely different. Not just different, clashing. Let's go back here. Hey, let's follow. Uh-huh. So, this is Adam. He says, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Next question. And he said, who told you that you are naked? Who 
told you you were naked. And the first question he asks is, have you eaten? Is there a source of knowledge you've exposed yourself to, which I told you not to? That's the first question he says. Have you eaten? Did you eat? Did you expose yourself? Who told you you were naked? So that which you believe, who told you? And where did they get it from? And someone come to my office this week or the other week. I said, Pastor, I'm in danger. You need to pray for me. So what's the danger you're in? Pastor, three months doesn't pass without me dreaming of eating food. Now, that night, now, really, that night, I dreamt I'd eaten. <laughs> that same night, I dreamt I ate nice barbecue grilled <laughs> I don't know that testing <laughs> if I think I even asked for more <laughs> so now I was wondering hey who's supposed to help who <laughs> and I realized that guess what she heard it somewhere. She heard it somewhere. And Satan knows that's the button to press. If I just want to disturb this one's life, that's the button. That's the exact button. As long as this person believes rice means small demons and... Oh, I've heard that before. As long as this person believes rice is small demons and T-bone is bigger ones, that's the button to press. Whenever they just want to make progress, button press. That's it. Because they believe they can lose what God gave them because they dreamt they had rice. They heard it somewhere. Listen. Who told you who told you? Who are you listening to? Like I say, today I'm emphasizing more on the blessing of a pastor because I've been emphasizing a lot on the word and the spirit. But who are you listening to? And have you submitted to that doctrine? Who are you listening to? Do you truly believe? Listen, if somebody has been assigned to shepherd you, do you believe God has delegated authority for them to lead you to be a pastor since the Bible calls him the chief shepherd. And the Bible says, I'll give you shepherds after my heart who feed you with knowledge and understanding. But in the primary thing, the, the first thing you ever get from a shepherd is knowledge. It says, who feed you with knowledge and understanding? And if you read Mark 6.34, it says, Jesus looked on, upon them and was com had compassion over them because of like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. So meaning, they were without guidance, they were without direction. Let me show you another verse. Somebody said, take heed what you hear. You see when we go to the next verse about why this is connected to steadfastness. Isaiah 30, 20. So you see that God had a challenge with Adam. He's like, you heard something you're not supposed to hear. You heard something. Isaiah 30, verse 20. And though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore. 
but your eyes shall see your teachers. May God give you that blessing. Hey, I said, may God give you that blessing. I mean, even if you're a member here, there's a place where you've got a revelation. Where it's beyond the form. Where the connection is spiritual. I don't know if you get my point. Where you know, if I can just hear what my teacher is saying. It says, your eyes shall see your teachers. Then look at the next verse. Uh Your ears shall hear a word behind you. Saying, this is the way. Walk in it. And wherever you turn to the right hand, and wherever you turn to the left. It's interesting that there is a strong link between direction and you. Hey, notice the verse before you see your teachers. The very next verse you have direction. It says your ears will hear a word behind you. You hear a voice behind you. And they'll say, this is the way. Walk in it. Praise God. Take heed what you hear. Be deliberate about what you hear. Be deliberate about who you hear from. Praise God. Praise God. Let me have one more verse. Have I given you too much tonight? Ephesians 4 verse 11. How many of you are seeing that? How many of you are being blessed? By the way, that's that's the gift of clarity. That's there's a blessing that comes with direction. You're clear. You're clear. Praise God. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For the equipment of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge, see the link with knowledge again, of the Son of God, to a perfect man. Do you remember the man who was described in James? He's perfect. Why? Because there's a way he uses his tongue. And isn't it interesting that the key to being a perfect man is who teaches you? And it says, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Interestingly, when you discover your God-ordained pastors, let me even make a statement. Now, this one will make you laugh. They can even take you where they've never been. Are you wondering? Are you wondering if that is scripture? Okay. Joshua. What did Joshua tell the people? Joshua tells the people saying, let the Levites walk in front of you. Let them act. Make sure there's a, there's a distance because you've never been there. Had the Levites ever been there? They had never been. But they were ordained. God had anointed them to take the people even where they had never been. I'm serious. Imagine that. Taking them. <laughs> don't, don't you find that interesting? God says, and let there be a distance, meaning there should be a certain reverence. And that reverence is up to you. It's not the Levites who are told to keep a distance. It's the people who had to. Okay, there's a certain reverence I must just maintain. Interesting. Now, what's the fruit of God assigning these people? Let's look at it. Uh-huh. Verse 14. The fruit of this, verse 14. That we should no longer be children. And what's the sign of being children? Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. 
every bit of doctrine. Any new doctrine is yours. Oh, by the way, doctrines come in many forms and sizes. Steamy Men Association of Zambia, that's a doctrine. Take it what you hear and follow anyone who posts anything about that. Don't even take it as a joke. I'll tell you something. I remember there was a time there was, uh, do you remember when people would joke around by saying things like, I love you, bro, no homo, and stuff like that. Have you noticed that before something becomes normal in culture, it first starts as a joke. Issues of blessers were a joke first. Ladies would joke around, hey, tell your blesser to buy you this. Hey, before you knew it, they had them. The moment something becomes part of your vocabulary, you're giving it an invitation to become part of your normal life. Because the day you see it, you have a reference point for it. Usually, when, whenever something wants to be introduced, it must first be introduced in vocabulary. I don't know if you're getting my point. Doctrine comes in many shapes and sizes. You want to know that people are indoctrinated. Just check the posts that people do after a breakup. I don't know where people even get them from. You've never seen them. Sometimes you must kiss many frogs until you meet your Prince Charming. You've been ordained in the ministry of kissing frogs. Oh, you're telling me you've never seen those things before. Then you just know someone is going through a season. <laughs> they even make a starter pack. Praise God. <laughs> now, I'm telling you, there's a starter pack for these things. And that's why the doctrine comes in all shapes and sizes. All shapes and sizes. When someone allows the voice of Beyonce, which is well. I'm telling you, it comes in all shapes and sizes. My friend, this is Sugar Daddy. You don't know that by cracking such jokes, you're allowing it in your vocabulary. Should I dare see anyone from this ministry post such? Can you all send me from Facebook? I need to be seeing what you post. <laughs> Leaders, add them. Follow them everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Follow them. I've, just, I've given you that ministry. Follow them. And where you can, do what I do. Put a ear. Which just says, explain more. <laughs> Praise God. So that which you believe, who told you? Who taught it to you? Why should you believe everything? Some of you are in first year here, about to write your exams. And you're going in with the mindset of, NS is very difficult. Who told you? How did they know? Because it was difficult for them. Have you asked that guy who got distinctions in everything? Does he believe the same story? Who told you? Some of us are going to Ziali soon. Ah, Ziali, you can't pass. Who told you? Who told you? You haven't come into church. When, you know when we're starting the city of the Lord Church, that's the time Chongoz and Ziali. And I remember I told a church would be in the afternoon. Pastor, but I studied at that time. I said, no. Go to see it through. <laughs> she cleared the first attempt. So do you think she's got this? 
what did she do there? She listened to what her man of God was saying. For me, Dominion Conference was just as a result of listening. I just listened. I was just told, do everything that God told you to do in 2020. Ask the team. I told them we're having it next year. Then I came and changed suddenly. Consistent voice. Consistent voice. Praise God. Next week, we'll go further in this. We'll go further in this. May your eyes see your teachers. May you actually have a revelation of those God has ordained for you. I pray that every nonsense you've heard will be flushed out. May God give you grace to ignore certain things, to be deaf to certain things. May God take away that imaginary audience from your head that blocks you from doing what he wants you to do. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You know, as in, I feel... I feel burdened. I feel burdened. Tim, let's take the work that we have next year very seriously. In a school, they are fast learners. They are slow learners. Sorry, guys, I'm just speaking to my team a little bit. They are fast learners, slow learners. But can I tell you something about the way the military runs? I was talking to someone who was doing military training and um, Grace Kumesa and she told me something that really blessed me. She said they would be put in groups and they would have to jog and it's usually chosen as a leader. And in the jogging, they don't judge you by the fastest one. They judge you by the slowest one. So if one of your people is losing pace, the leader will like stoop down and wait for the slowest one and start encouraging them. Because everyone will judge by that. And so the reason I'm burdened is because there are some people who I feel are left behind. Like they don't know what we know. Guys, we're going to work. We're going to work. We'll get this thing in them. We'll get it in them. Every one of them. Get it and so as they'll be jogging in a group if one of them gets injured they are all concerned whether the person was the fastest or slowest ha! we'll keep it in them all we want is your willingness ha! i'm telling you we'll get this thing in you But I also pray that as we are preparing, as we are planning to be better pastors, better teachers, I pray there is someone also planning and preparing a better student to be a better learner. Somebody who will say, I'm committing to learning this thing. Praise God. Praise God. Words are things. It says that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have imagine they go from believing to possessing eternal life can be possessed just by what you believed lift your hands
I want you just to set it on your heart and just pray for a moment. And your prayer, I want you to set it on your heart that you're going to be a student of the word. Set it on your heart that you'll be deliberate about hearing. Set it on your heart that you'll be deliberate about your growth. Set it on your heart that you identify. And for those who've already identified, you consolidate. You consolidate in the context of your teachers, the ones God has set for you. Set it on your heart that you follow God's will to the fullest and that you go for his word as he has shown you. Set it on your heart to keep your heart pure, to keep your mind pure. And if there are areas where you've messed up your mind with the wrong knowledge, where you're not an infant in evil, ask God to help you. Ask him to help. And you know what this word is doing? The Bible says you're already clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. There's cleansing taking place in your mind. I told you how I went from fearing to faith in. So as you've heard this word, it has cleansed. It's cleansing. It's cleansing. It's cleansing. It's cleansing. I also want you to decree and declare that you are not one who is ever without direction. And I pray for you that may God grant to you the gift of direction. That gift of clarity where you know which is your path. You know which is your way. It produces an unusual focus. The Bible tells us that we are in a race. And I can assure you in a race, the people who win are those who are not distracted by the people, by the fans. Those who are not distracted by those booing. Those who are not distracted by those praising. Those who are not even distracted by other athletes. But it's those who know the way. Those who are focused. Pray that God gives you unusual focus. Unusual focus. May the Lord consolidate these desires with divine encounters. May the Lord consolidate these desires with divine experiences. May the Lord consolidate these desires with results, with results, with results, with results. Take note of this, because this has to be given to the whole church. Take note of it. I sense unusual signs and wonders. Now, these signs, there are people who've been crying out to God, saying, Lord, I need a sign. They've been feeling lost. They've been feeling like they're lacking direction. They've been saying, Lord, I need a sign. But I sense unusual signs and wonders. Whenever you're driving somewhere, the signs keep you on track. They show you whether you're on the right direction. I sense unusual multiple signs and wonders. Serious signs and wonders. And these signs and wonders are diverse. Some of them it will be a message they receive. Some of them it will be a result they receive. Others it will be financial. Others it has to do with employment. Where 
you just get something you absolutely know this one is not this one i didn't deserve like unusual signs and wonders that's what i sense unusual signs and wonders these signs are not for the unbelievers these ones are showing you that you're on the right track these ones will direct you they'll make you you turn if you have to but i sense unusual signs and wonders and as as a prophet and a man of god i release that season now in jesus name i release that season now and i decree and declare there's none of you who misses it no one misses it in the name of jesus in the name of jesus in the name of jesus blessed is the man who knows which way to go for he'll be focused he'll be focused he'll be focused the narrow path is for those who are focused the narrow path is for those who've eliminated other options no we are not going after the white path we're going for the narrow one we know where we're going we have dove's eyes we are focused we are focused we are focused we're focused they will be filled we know that they will be filled blessed are those who hunger thirst for righteousness service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0 If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.